What is up, New Jersey Devil fans? Welcome to the Trap Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Botch. It is Friday, February 10th. Devils win a big one last night versus Seattle Kraken. And there's a lot going on in the Devils universe right now. We're going to jump into all of that. You know, I've always been inspired by people that give back to the community, philanthropists. You know, you see about these people that go overseas to, to communities that don't have clean drinking water and they, they, help, they help build infrastructure. And uh, you hear about, you know, these people that spend their holidays and they, they'll work in soup kitchens and people that give their, not only their money, but their time to help communities that need it and people that need help. And um, I was inspired. So last night while I was in Newark, obviously there's, it's been a very um, challenging decade plus for the hockey team that resides in Newark. And our fans have been through enough. Jack Hughes goes down and we know that he is going to be out in a press conference with Lindy Ruff prior to the game, and it says week to week. And week to week can mean a lot of things. It could mean month to month when it comes to hockey. I've heard from insiders that it's not going to be nearly that much. I heard maybe three or four games, which would be ideal. If you're going to be injured and you need some rest, this would be the time to do it. But either way, this is a team who is on a serious run and they had their 10 one in one after last night's victory. But when you lose an MVP caliber player on your team, a player that you've leaned on all year in order to squeak games out and put yourself in a position to be in a playoff run down the stretch, you're going to need help if he's not playing. So last night, during the National Anthem, I felt obligated, as a man of the people, to let Tom Fitzgerald, Devil's Management, and the rest of the world know that we want Timo. We're so And it got some, uh, it, we got some, we got some definitely some feedback from it. There seemed to be a lot of people that were on the same page as me. And uh, not all heroes wear capes. I'd like to think, this is what I have going on in my life. This is, um, my mom must be very proud of me. And I know you all are. But um, I got big things going on over here. So this is the highlight, is me screaming during the national anthem, about a 26-year-old hockey player that we want to be on our team. Um, all joking aside, it was uh, it was kind of funny. I just happened to scream it during the game uh, during the national anthem, which I'm not really a national anthem screamer, but I guess once in a blue moon, if I'm fired up, make it happen. So I did, and uh, apparently a lot of people heard it. So Ryan Novosinski from NJ.com posted about it on Twitter. The guy next to me showed me. He goes, "Hey, dude." Apparently, uh, you're getting some recognition online. So I, I looked at it and I checked it out, and it was 
we kind of got a chuckle out of it. Ryan Novosinski has been a breath of fresh air for this team. For years, we didn't have a beat reporter, and we never had anybody during the roughest times ask any tough questions in the locker room when it came to our head coach or um, our general manager. So he has been, a, it's been really exciting and it's been a, it's been really nice to have him as part of the devil's um, content community this year, uh, which this year you've seen a lot of people pop up, including myself and it's, ex- and everybody has been super graceful and super welcoming I ran into Jersey Joe last night. I ran into the Brat Pack. I ran into some people prior to the game. Everyone's been super cool. Um, but with that said, uh, it kind of got passed around. Somebody ended up had a video of it that was on um, Instagram. And I, uh, I was able to rip it and put it onto the, the Twitter feed. So if you don't follow me on Twitter, uh, you should check that out. It's the Trap Podcast. My... Um, Yeah, check me out on Twitter. But anyway, um, so the Devils got a big win last night, and it, it came after they had the news about Jack Hughes, which obviously is very scary for everybody. Um, I, think he's, I think it's going to be a very short-term injury. They don't have the toughest schedule coming up. You'd rather see him rest and be prepared for the playoffs. Um, but some of the outrage and some of the comments from the devil's community was so embarrassing and it gets old, you know, and I don't know if it's just a New Jersey, New York thing, because it's, it happens with all the sports, you know, like it happened with Eli Manning, Eli Manning won a super bowl and then he would throw an interception and people would still, you know, criticize him and say that he sucked and this and that. And it's like, this is such a cutthroat. What have you done for me lately? Uh, community, but the Devils have battled all year and played way above expectations. And so many fans are willing to say that the season's over and turn their back and think that the Devils are going to blow it because now Jack Hughes is out. And it's like, what kind of mentality is that? We're better than that. I made a post the other day where I thought, let's talk about what it means to be from New Jersey. The toughness and the resiliency that you have to have and the grit and the hard work that comes with living in the tri-state area. It's unlike many other places in the country. There aren't many places like the tri-state area in, in the United States. And what's good is you know that when you go to another place in the United States, and I'm not talking about a really rough, nasty neighborhood. I'm just talking about normal communities, normal suburbs, even cities. But being from Jersey, you've kind of seen it all. You kind of have this resiliency. You know that you can hang with anybody. And the the amount of, and I, I asked for everybody to get together and try to will this Timo Meyer trade to happen. And I believe in positivity and sending positive vibes out into the world and getting people together to try to will something to happen. I believe that that's what smart people do. I believe that's what entrepreneurs do. I believe that's what successful business people or having faith, having hope. It's bigger than it's bigger than life. 
And when you have a lot of people that have hope and you have a lot of people that have faith in something and belief and they're being positive and they work together as a community and send out energy, just positive energy, I have seen results firsthand from it. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about positivity in groups. So I made a post and I said, let's get all of us devil fans together and let's will this Timo Meyer trade to happen because he is the perfect fit for the New Jersey Devils. The absolute perfect fit. He is everything that we're looking for. He's going to be a shooter with size that could push play, win puck battles, win along the boards, 30-plus goal scorer to play alongside our future possible MVP uh, winner over the next decade. And Meyer's going to be looking for a long-term deal. And the Devils have the assets to make a deal happen with the Sharks. And we had legit Devil fans that gave me crap about trying to will this to happen. Like, whose team are you on, dude? We're trying to make something happen, and, you, and you're bringing negativity to it. Like, we can't even get on the same page to try to get a franchise player goal scorer that's going to fast-forward the progression of our team and make us that much closer to the end goal, which is winning a Stanley Cup. We can't even get everybody on board for that. It's like, come on now. Is it because you never got to see the Devils win before, or maybe you're a Jets fan and a Mets fan and a Devils fan who's 20 years old and you've never seen any of your teams win before, or is it that you're just a miserable, uh, negative person, or what is it? I've seen the Devils win games that they're not supposed to and go on to win a Stanley Cup. The Devils were, the Devils were supposed to get swept by the Detroit Red Wings in the 1995 Stanley Cup Finals, and they went on to sweep them. You have to believe. We need our fan base to believe. And I tell you what, the energy inside the rock has been great. So it's not the people that are putting their money out and coming to games and supporting the team. It's these trolls sitting behind their their, uh, Twitter handles and their Instagram handles that are putting out negative vibes into the community. So don't even listen to any of that bullshit because that's exactly what it is. But the energy inside the rock is something new. This is something that we haven't seen in maybe forever. It's been a long, long time. I mean, the Tampa Bay playoff series was the most energy I've seen in the rock besides the game six, Henry goal in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. But man, we are finally have something going here. And... Jack's going to be back. Jack will be back. We're going to be fine. This is when other players need to step up. You have to understand that every team deals with injuries. I hate when people make excuses about injuries and a team not being able to win because their players are injured. Of course, if you lose a certain amount of players, a certain amount of instrumental key pieces to your team, it's going to be harder to win, and you're probably not going to have the same record. But every single team deals with injuries. It's part of the game. I'm talking about their best players. Kale McCarr is injured. Nathan McKinnon's been injured. Sidney Crosby's missed full seasons. 
Nico broke his face. Dougie broke his jaw. It's like getting hurt is part of hockey. Brad Marchand missed a, a month of the season. Like, let's go through the, the best players in the league. And I would say 60, 70% of them have missed significant time. It's part of the game. That's why you're a team. You need other people to step up. That's why it's not basketball. Like basketball, you can have two or three really great players and they can win you a championship. Hockey's not like that. Football's not like that. But now is not the time to turn your back and dismiss the success that these kids have created way ahead of, tem- uh, ahead of timeline this season. If anything, we should be supporting them and bringing more energy and letting them know that this is, and, sh- and having them see that they can pull games out and they can win games when their star player isn't in the lineup. Because you know when they make the playoffs, the people are going to go down. That's how it works. That's part of the game. So you, be prepared. They need to know that they can win without anybody. So I think Jack is going to be back in three or four games. Now, yesterday at about three, in between 3 p.m. and 4 p.m., the New York Rangers announce a trade. So the New York Rangers go out and they land Vladimir Tarasenko from the St. Louis Blues with a 50% retained salary. So they're paying $3.75 million for him, and they get Nico Mikola from St. Louis for Sammy Blay, a minor league player, Hunter Skinner, who's playing in the ECHL, which means he's not going to be playing anytime soon. Um, but more importantly, they give up a first-round pick. They had two first-round picks. One was Dallas's. One was their own. The condition on the pick was they get the latter of the picks. Dallas is one of the best teams in the league. They literally could be giving away pick 26 through 32 and a fourth-round pick in next year's draft. Now, I saw some people say that this is going to drive the price for Timo Meyer up. I couldn't disagree more. I think that this... I think that this is actually a, if I'm the Rangers, I'm making this trade every day. Every day of the week. To me, this is a, this makes Timo Meyer a defensive prospect, not including Nemitz, not including Hughes. I'm talking, it's either Muka Madulin, Riley Walsh, Seamus Casey, a first rounder, and a B prospect, you might get away with not even having to give up Holtz. And I know that there's a lot of people who have flipped the page on Holtz and they've, they're, they're, they've seen enough. I still think that he has a lot more to give. He's still a kid. There's a, there's a, I think there's something to work with there. Now, if you're San Jose, you got to remember, William Eklund and Alexander Holtz play really, really well together. So those are, I could see San Jose wanting Holtz because they know the chemistry that those two players have had playing internationally together. That's what I would be gunning for. But what it did was it took the Rangers out of the Timo Meyer equation. And 
you have to love it. And now Patrick Kane's mad because the Rangers took Vladimir Tarasenko over Patrick Kane, which I think is funny. But the point is, this is one less team that is going to be going for Timo Meyer. And I, I really cannot over-communicate the importance of this player. This is a guy who will be, he is the modern-day power forward. So, I mean, back in the day, power forward was just driving to the net over and over and over. Now, power forwards have nice hands, good shots. He's able to find space in front of the net. He's, he's just, he's the full package. He can play a 200-foot game. Not that he's the most insane defensive player, but he leads the NHL in shots. He's 30-plus goals early in February on a horrible team. It, it just makes the most sense. And to see Mike Rupp, Rupper just pushing on NHL Network and pushing on Twitter for the Devils to get Timo Meyer, you love to see it. You love to see it. Now, today on 32 Thoughts, uh, Elliot Friedman brings up the Devils and the possibility of what could happen moving forward with Timo Meyer. And he was saying how basically Tom Fitzgerald says, before you make a move and you trade him away, you make sure you come and speak to us and give me the last chance to wow you with a, to wow you with a package. Thanks, Mr. Science. No problem. Okay, so Timo Meyer, look, the arms race in the Metro New York area, Islanders grab Horvat, Rangers grab Tarasenko, Mikola, everybody's sitting here and looking at what are the Devils going to do. And I do think the Devils have kind of said to the Sharks, before you do anything on Meyer, make sure we get a final shot at this. Hmm. That's kind of the word around the league right now. I think they have competition. Just in conversations on Thursday, people think there's a bunch of Eastern teams after Meyer, uh, a group of them, and uh, maybe a smaller group, maybe one or two Western teams. What everybody's trying to do is think about here, who's in it to sign Meyer and who's in it to rent Meyer. And it's complex because, as everybody knows, Meyer has a $10 million qualifying offer for next year if you're not signing him long-term. And the one thing I, I will say, Jeff, is that there certainly seems to be a feeling out there that if what he considers a legit contender wants to sign him long-term, then he is prepared to be reasonable. Now, it's not going to be inexpensive. It's still a big contract, but it's not... $11 billion. He's he's willing to look at this. The qualifier is 10. So what is reasonable? <laughs> but the thing is, Jeff, like yeah. if he just says, give me the qualifier and I'll play it out, which I, I think he might do if he doesn't think he ends up in a contender or a place he doesn't want to be. Look, like you can do 10 million for one year or say you sign for 64 million for argument's sake. Sure. What's the better deal? Mm -hmm. I'll take the 64 million. Thank you. You might take the 10, and this is why you're in radio and not a financial planner. Okay, so... <laughs> so, I mean, you have to love the sound of that. So, um, 
basically he's saying if you're going to if he thinks he can play for not basically he is saying if he thinks that he can play for a team that is going to be in contention which the devils are going to be Stanley Cup contenders for the next I don't know 7 years hopefully at least in the top quarter of the league so he's saying if he thinks that that a team is going to be a contender for that long he would be open to taking a $64 million deal, which is eight times eight, which is Jack Hughes's number, which is exactly where Fitzgerald wants to be. So that was very encouraging to me. Um, I don't think anyone can match our prospect pool. You know, um, the Athletic just put us out. We have the number two prospect pool in the NHL. And possibly the best prospect in all of hockey, and Luke Hughes, who's going to be joining the team in roughly two months. We have Simone Nemitz, who's also going to be joining the team probably at the beginning of next year. You have Shakir Mukhamadoulin, who's going to be coming over from Russia to play in North America next year. You have Seamus Casey, you have Riley Walsh. You have Graham Clark. I mean, we have um, Akira Schmid. We have Nico Dawes. We have a really... We are, it was, it's crazy because Lou left us with such... The cupboard was empty. And Lou left us with nothing. So we didn't have a, a, a team to... We didn't have a... We weren't able to ice a team but we didn't have draft picks and we didn't have prospects. And it took a long time. It took a long time. It took Shiro and now it's Fitzgerald. And we traded away all these guys that were proven professional hockey players. We traded away our Travis Zajac, who it was the end of his career, but Travis Zajac is a devil through and through. We traded away Kyle Palmieri, Jersey guy. We traded away Andy Green, our captain. It was the end of his career, too. I understand that. We traded away Taylor Hall off of an MVP year. We traded away a lot of respected and legit professional hockey players with careers and got a lot of picks for them. And these picks have finally come to fruition. And we lucked out and we took some, you know, it wasn't luck, but we did luck out with the lottery. We lucked out with the lottery numerous times but we also we made some good picks and it's time for the devils to really reap the reward we have a team out there that looks pretty damn good our players are getting better and to be honest you have a log jam on the back end defensemen are worth so much more than forwards and if you can give, a, if you can move a Seamus Casey, a first, and then a B-level prospect, or even a young player like a Sharon Govich, a Boquist, a Ball, I think you, you're you're really fast-forwarding the Devils' winning timeline, and I think you're propelling this team into a Stanley Cup contender next year. Now, next year is going to be a very interesting year for the Devils. They have Graves, Severson on the back end who might not be able to come back. 
I don't think Severson is coming back. Graves, maybe, maybe, I would say maybe 25% chance, 20% chance he comes back. But he would have to take a very team-friendly deal. But if you're signing Brat, you're signing Meyer, Mercer's going to be getting some more money, which I don't know why, but I just feel like he's the type of kid that would take a, a team-friendly discount. Next year is going to be tough because you're going to have young defensemen playing. And while they're going to be the future of the team, and I'm talking about Nemitz and Holtz, obviously, it's, it's, there is a learning curve. There is a, a serious learning curve. So if you, you know, if you were able to re-sign a Tatar on a, on a cheap contract and you're able to fill in some of this bottom six of your forward group, um, and you have people coming off, next year might be very difficult to capture the same defensive core that we have now. What's good is we have Siegenthaler, Marino, Hamilton all locked up. And then you're going to have Hughes and Nemitz, and you're going to be able to go out and try to find a serviceable uh, defenseman. Maybe even I, I would feel – I don't know how comfortable I am depending on what Kevin Ball shows next year, the growth he shows, maybe something like that. But my point being is you're going to take a little bit of a hit when it comes to experience on the back end next year. And, you know, playing a lot of minutes as a, as a young defenseman in the NHL is not very easy. First of all, they, they're not used to playing that many games. So typically their bodies tend to break down towards the second half of the season but there's a lot of mental mistakes and physical physicality that they're not used to. Um, so we have that, we have that coming up, but as of now, the devils have a little guy on the back end by the name of Sir Dougie Hamilton. Hamilton's got it again. Cross ice pass. He's your Brad, a one timer. He rattled it off the post. Absolute bullet. Palat's got it again. Hamilton shoots. He scores! Dougie doesn't miss. Around Dougie. Dougie doesn't miss. What a call by Bill Spaulding, who I freaking love this guy. Bill Spaulding was great. I, I thought, like, when we lost Steve Cangelosi, I was really worried about who was going to be the voice of the Devils moving forward. It's pretty important. I mean, we spend, I've invested a lot of my energy. I have a lot of you know, time and, and, um, heart. Like I, I, I'm, I'm emotionally invested into this to have somebody we we've been spoiled with doc Emmerich and, um, and Steve Cangelosi. So Bill Spaulding has fit in like a frigging glove. He has been amazing. The team is on fire, which definitely makes his job a little bit easier, but the devils are 10, one and one in their last 12 games. And I mean, how could we not talk about Dougie Hamilton and what kind of year he's having this guy? I understand Eric Carlson is having, you know, a career season and Eric Carlson is a great player. He had a ton of great years in Ottawa. I mean, he hasn't really done much in San Jose, but this year he's been, he's been incredible, but let's not, let's not overlook what Dougie Hamilton has done just as a devil. The amount, he's got 15 goals, he's got 51 points in 51 games, but 
the it's to me it's just the clutchness this guy scores just game winners you know what i mean like game tying goals it's when he's scoring this 15 goals my god he's broken his record for most successful season so far and it's the beginning of february he is having a monster season and um you have to love the way that you know he he tilts the ice and what he's able to do offensively from the back end. His thing is he doesn't miss the net. The dude just gets pucks on net. He's able to find lanes, and we all know how hard that is. We watch P.K. Subban take shots into people's shin pads for how long. It's That's an art, and, and Dougie is, it's not, this isn't, you know, by chance. He's able to maneuver a little bit. It might be that long reach that allows him to get pucks through, but last night he was incredible. He started off the game. He had he had uh, two penalties, and it was a tight one. Last night was a very much like a playoff type game. It was it was a t- it was tight. Both teams played hard. They got a little physical towards the end of the game, but to see Hamilton score both of those goals, I mean, think about this: if you were to tell me a year ago. The Devils won that game because of their power play and because of their goaltending. It's like, wow, it's been a long time since we heard that. Mackenzie Blackwood was incredible last night. And I've given Mackenzie Blackwood a ton of flack. He is not my favorite Devil uh, personality-wise. And consistency-wise, he's always been a problem. The last couple games, Mackenzie Blackwood has looked really, really good. No doubt about it. And his thing is, even when he plays good games, you can tell when he's not seeing the puck great. Last night, he made everything look easy. He was on point. And it was good to see the team play well in front of him. They got outplayed in the first period. Uh, They got outplayed a little bit in the second period, too. He kept them in the game. The team rallied back. They had a little surge. Um, But Mackenzie Blackwood, he deserved a W last night for sure. He deserved to be one of the three stars of the game. He was on point. Another guy who is definitely taking it to the next level and is finding a rhythm is Andre Palat. Now, Palat, in his last five games, he's got six points and three goals. He is uh, he's starting to look like the player that we signed that we knew from the Tampa Bay playoffs. Very clutch guy, big goals. But I tell you what, something does not look right with the Nico Brat palat line. And... Brat's had Brat did not have a good game last night at all, but he has been pretty good in his last five or so games. Um, but I, I don't know what it is with that line. Um, their expected goals is way, way down, and it might be a time to maybe juggle things up a little bit. I, I'm fine with that. I think we got to get Nico going, and um, it might it might be you, you might they might need another look. Now, the guy that needs the most amount of look to me is Miles Wood. Um, He's got two goals in his last 37 games. This is a problem. We we have a real problem at this point. I don't know what he has to do in order to not make it into the, uh, the roster, but he has not looked like the same player. And I thought McLeod and Bastion played a pretty decent game last night. The BMW line wasn't, wasn't like they were bad by any means. I thought they played pretty good. 
And um, and I'm also very concerned about Yegor Sharangovich. He's got one goal in his last 17 games, three goals in his last 28 games. He's look he looks like he's skating through molasses. Um, this is a guy that I would like to see be, be part of the trade. To be honest with you, I could picture them moving a first rounder, a defensive prospect, and then Yegor Sharangovich, and I would be fine with it. Because I don't know how you pay him next year anyway. He's just, he's not that good. He's good when he plays with Jack Hughes, but guess what? You're not a top six forward, dude. And you don't do anything when you play in the bottom six. So I would like to see, it was good, because last night Alex Holtz got into the game. He didn't play a great game. But at least he... um he got some ice time. The kid has been sitting in the press boxes for half a season. It's like he's not even able to develop in Utica, which is why, you know, even if it was Holtz and Sharon Govich, it's, I would make a move for Meyer just because neither of these players are doing us any good right now. I want to see Graham Clark. I think that, they, I think that he deserves to be brought up. And get a couple games in. Now, if the Devils aren't able to get Timo Meyer, there's a couple names that are being thrown around. One is Brock Besser. Brock Besser is a very interesting subject. He has not been the player that people thought that he could be. He obviously is extremely talented, has a great shot. He has all the makings and is known for being a pure goal scorer but he hasn't been able to finish. Um, so I, I do. I, I wonder what his situation is going to be. He's had a rough go of it. So his, his obviously his father is sick. His father ended up passing away last year. Vancouver has been a very ex- tough place for people to, to play. And I, uh, I think he might need a change of scenery. The problem is he's getting paid six point something million dollars. Even if Vancouver decides to eat half of it, he's signed for two more years. And I just don't I don't think he's going to be the right fit. He is a top six player, in my opinion. Um, but he doesn't play good defensively. He's not necessarily going to be a great playoff player. And I think you might want to use that money that you'd be paying him to maybe pay somebody else. To think that if you can get Meyer for eight times eight, to think that you would only be paying Meyer, you know, $1.5 million more than Brock Besser, that is, that's a no-brainer. Um, another guy that I am kind of interested in, I do think that the Devils need help on the back end. So Luke Shen is an option. He's... I think he leads the NHL in hits. He's just a big, thick, physical, playoff-type defenseman who you're going to rely on down the stretch. And uh, he's somebody that you might be able to give get for um, a mid-round pick. Um, but he's somebody that they could keep an eye on. Ryan O'Reilly, great player. I don't know. Seems like he'd cost too much for a rental for me. I don't want to waste anybody's time talking about it. 
and uh, Josh Anderson. Now, he's a guy that Montreal media obviously continues to push and try to connect to the Devils. He's a bottom six player to me, but um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see it with him either. They want too much. And to be honest, I, I don't think he's worth it. Now, another thing that I've seen this week that I thought was very strange was the Islanders pulled the plug on Pride Night. And we've seen this happen with the Rangers just a week or two ago. So obviously, it started with Ivan Provorov, and I'm not trying to get political at all. I'm just, this is just an observation that I'm bringing off the top of my head. So they're trying to let the, um, the gay community feel welcome in the sport of hockey, which I think everyone would agree that that seems like a pretty normal thing and that everyone should be included and everyone should be able to play the sport that they love. What, what is the problem with the Islanders and the Rangers and Ivan Provorov to where you are not going to wear a jersey with rainbow colors on them during warm-ups because it's offending you? I just don't get it. Like, you think it, you know, you don't think that people who are different, whether it's race or sexuality or gender, should be able to love and be included in the game of hockey. And as an organization, the Islanders and the Rangers don't have enough balls to stand up for what they believe in. I think it's pretty. Bush League, and um, I think it sends the wrong message to, to kids, and I think it sends the wrong message to the league, too. It's like everyone should be able to play hockey. What, what does it matter? So, I don't know. I thought it was weird. It looks like they're going to start like canceling this now, moving forward, because it's not mandated by the NHL, and it was just a, it's just something that teams around the league have always decided to do because it is the right thing. And now they've decided that uh, maybe we're offending or asking our players to, um, to do something that they're not comfortable with. Well, you know, shame on you. Shame on you for, um, for basically excluding an entire community of people because you might offend. I can't picture there being more than one or two players in a locker room that refuse to wear a, a warm-up jersey with a rainbow on it. So I think it's pretty lame. But the Devils have a pretty interesting upcoming schedule. So we're going to play tomorrow night. We're going to hit the road, and we're going to play tomorrow night at Minnesota, who's had some struggles, although they are a very good team. And then you're going to have Columbus, and you're going to have St. Louis, who are shedding people. So these next three games... Um, are very favorable. And if you were going to miss Jack Hughes, this would be the time that you would want to, you would want him to get his rest and be prepared. And think about this. We're going to have two Hughes brothers in literally two months. Going into the playoffs, we're going to have two Hughes brothers on the ice. One of them, six foot two. Crazy. Um, 
And then I, I hope that he's back for either the Pittsburgh game on the 18th or the Winnipeg game on the 19th. And then we got we have that four-game homestand towards the end of, um, of February, and we get – it looks pretty good. I mean, we get Winnipeg and then Montreal. You should beat them. You hope to beat – the Kings are a good team, but they're traveling across the country. You hope to beat them, and then you get the Flyers. So the Devils have played really good. They're going to need to tighten up a little bit. I thought they played a tight game last night. I thought they played a little bit tighter, but the Vancouver game – they let them get back into it. Vancouver's not a good enough team to to give up a, a what was it a two or a three goal lead. They took the foot off the, they took their foot off the gas. It almost cost them. Either way, it's good to be a Devils fan right now, and I need us to put out good vibes because I feel like Timo Meyer is going to be the guy that takes this team to the next level, and he's going to be a part of our future long term. And you're going to see him handing a Stanley Cup off to a Jonas Siegenthaler or a Simone Nemitz or a Luke Hughes down the line. And he's going to be a fan favorite. If Timo Meyer signs this weekend, he becomes a fan favorite literally as soon as he signs the paper. And as a, as a hockey player, what more could you want than to be loved by a fan base, to play for a potential... Stanley Cup contender for the next decade to play with two people from your country who don't have a ton of hockey. Um, they don't produce a ton of hockey players that you are going to be able to, that understand you and your culture and where you're from and who you are. This makes perfect sense. And we have all the assets to make it happen. And when it does, we're going to celebrate. We're going to dance in the streets. Hey. In the meantime, my name is Bill Botch. You're listening to the Trap Podcast. Thanks for the support. Let's go, Devils. Talk soon. Can you teach me how to dougie? You know why? Cause all the bitches love me. All I need is a beat that's super bumping. And for you, you, you to back it up and dump it. Get it. Put your arms out front, lean side to side. They gonna be on you when they see you hit that dougie ride. Ain't nobody fucking with my bro from Mortiside. He go by Bubba and he hit that dance like thunder. Okay, I ain't from Dallas, but I need town boogie. I show my moves on the everybody trying to do it. I lead the functions and all the ladies trying to screw me. Now you just do you and I'ma do it.